And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode four of the Animaniacast. It's Yakko and Wacko and our sister Dot. If you need your ceiling painted, come see us. We will paint it better than a guy named us. If it's flaking and it's peeling, we will renovate your ceiling. We will make it so appealing. Come see us. Welcome to the Animaniacast. We are a podcast dedicated to the animated television series Animaniacs. We are going to revisit each and every episode of the series, discussing the cultural references and gags, share our memories of first watching each episode, and in the end, we're going to give each episode a water tower rating. I'm Joey, and joining me once again, as always, are my co hosts, Nathan. Hey, hey, hey! And Kelly. Hello. And we have a very exciting episode here today to talk about. And I know Kelly, once again, is very excited to talk about this one from our <laughs> conversations leading up to today's recording. Um, so before we get into all of that, um, let's just go with your general thoughts of this episode. Um, and we'll get to, our, of course, our rating later. But if you were to, you know, give your general thoughts, Nathan, in like a few words, what would you say about this? It's a classic. Is that it? I don't know. How That's, many words? I don't have a word limit. You could okay. say a sentence. Um, I like that there's no black and white intro again. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Nathan with that black and white intro. But, that would be my first but, note on every episode. Yeah, that doesn't it have that. it. Yeah. <laughs> and Kelly, what are your thoughts on this episode? Best episode ever. Oh! It's the most Spielbergian of all of them. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Okay, well... um. And my, my, my feelings are kind of split. I love half of this episode, and I'll tell you what half that is in a little bit. Okay, so <laughs> um, let's before we get uh, into the descriptions of the uh, different segments that we have, uh, let's start first of all with the Animaniacs theme song, mm-hmm. and I believe it started with, here's the show Namey. Mm-hmm. So is this the second time in yeah, our run? Number that, two. Number two. And uh, yes. That's for, half the episodes already. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they, they really, you know, <laughs> I really wish they would have done something a little different there each time. But it's, you know, whatever. I'm, but I'm just picky. <laughs> but it does start off with a really cool intro um, that they also show quite a bit uh, throughout the series, which is the hot air balloon intro uh, when they kind of peek out the top of the water tower and then a giant clown uh, hot air balloon comes out. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but it's a very short, sweet segment. I really do like the animation. The quality of the animation in some of these shorter segments is really good. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I noted that uh, Wacko didn't seem frightened of the, the clown balloon, though. And if <laughs> we can allude to a future episode, Clown and Out, uh, he has a little phobia there. So I forgot that's about inconsistent that. yeah. with his character arc. Oh, okay. Well, pre- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe something horrible happened in that balloon. Yeah, that's this is oh, why he or, has that fear. Or he watched Poltergeist. Yeah, that's, since then, yeah. yeah. After after the balloon ride. <laughs> well, it's it, but I just like the little just little shots of this. I mean, if I could frame different things like just the little uh shot where they're poking their eyes out of the the top just mm-hmm. look really cool. Their eyeballs and I don't know, sometimes the character models being a a daily cartoon series the character models are kind of all over the place sometimes just because of they're going to different animation studios throughout yeah. the world. So just depending on which company has it, they're going to draw them a little different and animate them a little differently. But um, I'd love to find out exactly who animated these sequences because I think they're some of the finest ones. This is Michelangelo from Hooked on a Ceiling, the best episode of Animaniacs. His eminence is coming. So you'd better listen to the animated cast. Okay, well, our first segment right here is Hooked on a Ceiling. And I am excited to talk about this, but I know someone who is very excited to talk about this segment. Is it me? 
No, it's well, maybe you no, too, but it's, me. It, it's Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, what uh I'll just tell you the the we'll tell I'll tell you guys the basic stuff of this, the the, the bare bones stuff here. This is a uh this story is called Hooked on a Ceiling. It's written by Tom Ruger. It's uh it was actually written by Gordon Bresick and Charles M. Howell the fourth, and directed by Rusty Mills. Um Kelly, what can you tell us about this episode in your own words? It's one of my all-time favorites. Um, Michelangelo, it's, well, the year's 1512, and it's Rome. And he's working on the Sistine Chapel, trying to get it ready for his eminence. And he's very nervous. But he's fired all of his assistants, and he's got to finish it up tonight. And he's a little overwhelmed. So the Warner brothers and the Warner sister come, and they offer to help him. And <laughs> chaos ensues because they end up painting over it because they don't, you know, they're like, oh, there's naked people on the ceiling and <laughs> you want us to help you paint naked people? And then they paint uh, dogs playing poker and um, big eyes painting, if y'all remember the Tim Burton movie. Yeah. And um, Elvis and all sorts of crazy things. And they keep trying to distract Michelangelo and tell him to pick out wallpaper patterns. And, oh, yeah. So you great. know, linoleum and things like that. <laughs> and uh, so he's still getting so stressed out and he's getting really agitated with them. And uh, his eminence is coming. And, and so they, they finally actually start painting for real, paint by numbers on the system yeah. chapel. Get it all done <laughs> except for one panel. And he's staring up at it. He's like, I don't know what to paint in the one panel. So they continue to work while his eminence walks in. And the camera starts low with the little sandaled feet. And it pans up. And then you see – well, I'm sorry. I, I got out of order. Yes. So the they show the panel. And if any of you are familiar with the Sistine Chapel, there's a, a center panel uh, called the Creation of Adam, which is uh, God reaching out or uh, – and touching uh, Adam's finger, and um, you know it's it's the creation. But in this instance, it's Elliot and ET, <laughs> and <laughs> which I I have been to the Sistine Chapel, and that is not there. Oh, but um, yeah. well, then I don't want to go. Oh yeah, it's, <laughs> it's really cool. And the funny thing was, the whole time I was at the Sistine Chapel, I just kept thinking about this episode. I was like hooked on a ceiling. Um, I, I was probably the only one in there thinking that, but that's okay. <laughs> and um, so you see Elliot E.T. and so it goes down in the, the sandals and the toga, and I don't know why they're wearing togas in 16th century <laughs> Rome. I, I just don't understand that. Um, and it goes up and it reveals his eminence. Steven Spielberg. Yay! I knew He's it. got the hat, says E.T., the beard, yes. the glasses. I like it. Hey, Mikey, he likes it. Painting is like show business. You have to know your audience. And I just, like, die every time. I die. It's the best thing. Yes, because Kelly, uh, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, uh, Kelly is a... Steven Spielberg. There's Steve. There's Steven Spielberg fans, mm -hmm. and then there's Steven Spielberg fanatics. And I dare say that Kelly, you are a Steven Spielberg fanatic. I love Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> well, what would you say? Just to, what? Were, and this is kind of a hard question, but why do you like Steven Spielberg? Why do you love Steven? Why do you love Steven Spielberg so much? when I was a teenager and, and getting back into Star Wars and I guess kind of reconnecting with um, some of the things that I really loved when I was a kid, like a little kid. I mean, I was still kind of a kid at 15, but mm -hmm. I, I started actually reading credits of films and I realized, aside from Star Wars, Spielberg was either the executive producer or producer of all... Or I'm sorry, executive producer or director of almost every single one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, you know, Goonies, Back to the Future, and American Tale... The Indiana Jones trilogy, Gremlins, Poltergeist, uh, most of those were executive produced, but I'd also grown up with, um, you know, E.T. and just realized I, there was this big connection there with, with all my favorite films, and, and I think uh, part of the draw is he taps into that in, in a lot of his films, particularly his early work, he taps into that inner child, that, that sense of wonderment. And, and that was kind of, I guess, what I was looking to recapture at that, that age. I was 
becoming a teenager, getting a little cynical and whatnot. And, um, and I just really liked that kind of theme. And he also deals with loneliness and isolation a lot. You know, Elliot didn't really have any friends and, and he, he found E.T. and, and they changed each other. And, uh, you know, I was always kind of an awkward kid and, uh, that was something I could identify with. And so he, he really taps into the human condition, I guess. And then of course you have the visual effects are beyond phenomenal. I mean, what he did with Jurassic Park and and Industrial Light and Magic was amazing and and stands, you know, I think the visual effects in that film outshine almost anything that's made today. Yeah. Uh, They've really held up. And and that movie, you know, is an example of capturing capturing just wonderment, enchantment, awe, and and what real people are capable of, kind of like with Jaws or Duel. You know, you Mm -hmm. have the everyday man battling amazing odds and so there, there's a lot of themes in his work that I just um, I, I find captivating yeah I, 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 I too I mean I, I, there's still a ton of Spielberg films that I, I need to watch um, uh, you mentioned Duel I still haven't mm-hmm. seen Duel mm-hmm. uh, I still, it's amazing I still haven't seen uh, The Color Purple um, I haven't seen I haven't seen a lot of his films that I think I've seen you mentioned a lot of films that growing up I I was kind of in the same boat. Back to the Future, Goonies, uh, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, yeah. um, these were like films that I watched over and over and over again. And uh, oh my gosh, Indiana Jones! You're kidding yeah. me. That's like my favorite. My favorite ride in Disneyland is Indiana Jones Temple of Forbidden Eye, uh, without it's, it's a fun. doubt, because yeah, it's great. just I want to live in that world, and uh, I just love. <laughs> I'm just so excited, and also. When, one more, at least one more Indiana Jones film uh, with Spielberg and John Williams doing the music as well. At some point, we'll, we'll, we're going to have to have you talk about John Williams as well uh, sometimes, yeah. Kelly. Which we don't be, have enough time. We don't have enough time, yeah, but, <laughs> but, but we will eventually. Because actually, when they do pan up to show um, the E.T. mural, uh, they do kind of do a modified E.T. theme, you know, to mm-hmm. get away, to get around any kind of... Uh, possible copyright problems <laughs> they get they they play kind of the uh, kind of the motif to kind of you know yeah. they're like use that. the same instruments and <laughs> the same like, instruments i don't know they, they used instruments they used <laughs> musical instruments just like john williams did. there you go wow <laughs> but um yeah it's i so what are some of the things that you guys really like about this episode i mean this this segment uh, it has a lot of There's fantastic stuff so many references to so many different things and it's like it just it's almost joke after joke too it's there's not a lot of downtime between the next joke. Mm-hmm. And... I like the um, the art references. I I went to Italy last year, and I they, you know they show Botticelli's Birth of Venus, and I I saw that in Florence, and um, I think there was the Last Supper was the second one, and the Mona Lisa, and um, an explanation that Michelangelo is not a Ninja Turtle; he's <laughs> yeah, actually an artist, yeah. and. Um, so it, it gives you a time and place for this painting. And so kids or, or adults even that were watching it, you know, that may not have any concept of, of the Sistine Chapel or where it originated or anything like that, it it informs them. And it really kind of uh, lays the groundwork for maybe wanting to know more about it. And yeah. obviously Spielberg wasn't the one who requested it. I looked it up and it was Pope Julius II. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess was the patron of the Sistine Chapel. Uh, I don't know about the other 15 chapels, but um, <laughs> that's one of yeah. my favorite jokes in that one. Did he but, look uh, like? She- well, it was very educational. I think, I think the Pope you're mentioning, uh, there was a movie that uh, I remember my, my father had us, well, at least me, had me watch. <laughs> I don't know if you were you, old enough, Nathan, but there's this movie um, called The Agony and the Ecstasy. Which is uh, with Michael. It's about Michelangelo painting the Sistine Chapel, and uh, Rex. I think it's Rex Harrison from uh, 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 Good. Uh, I want to say Goodbye Lady. It's uh, My Fair Lady, <laughs> and he plays the Pope, and he's ordering Michelangelo to to paint the Sistine Chapel. I don't remember much from the movie. I watched the trailer for it again today. Um, but basically it consists of Michelangelo not wanting to do it and is stressed out. He's not a painter. He's a sculptor. Um, so with that in mind, I was kind of surprised that they went with Kirk Douglas, uh, a Kirk Douglas, uh, 
a send up for Michelangelo and not a Charlton Heston, which, uh, yeah, I don't know. So that is a movie out there. If you're interested in a, at least a dramatic telling of how it quote unquote really happened, um, you could see the agony and the ecstasy, uh, film in 1965, I believe. So there you go. Michelangelo will paint the ceiling. He will paint it or he will hang. Obscenity! Shameful! Shameful and obscene! What have you to say? I will paint man as God made him in the glory of his nakedness. We like painting naked people. I think I'm just going to stick with the Animaniacs. Yeah, I don't know. I I remember Dad making it... me watch that when I was a kid, and I don't. I, Are there differences I, between the Animaniacs? And uh, the actually, no. It's about the same thing. Okay. Actually, <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, just yeah. You know what? Just stick Michael with Hooked on the Ceiling. Does he sound the same too? Like <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, no. Charlton Heston and Kirk Douglas do not sound the same. Okay. No, but mm. I mean, let's start with. The, I mean, just even the title right there, Hooked on a Ceiling. Um, it's a reference. Yeah, to, to the, something. To. Hooked on a feeling. Ah, hooked on a ceiling. Are we able to reference that song without even thinking about Guardians of the Galaxy? I can't. Not anymore. <laughs> no. Not anymore. I mean, I, if I hear that now, I'm like, oh yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. I was just thinking yeah. Rocket Raccoon in my head, <laughs> shooting. <laughs> um, yes, but I don't mind that because I love that movie. Yeah, so anyway. We also have a, uh, one other thing. When uh, Michelangelo is yelling at Quasimodo to uh, stop ringing the bell, uh, it, it looks like Quasimodo. And most people out there uh, are probably familiar with Quasimodo from the Disney film, which is one of my favorite Disney films, by the mm-hmm. way. But the caricature is actually of Charles Lawton, who was the uh, one of the original uh quasimodos huh. from the 1930 he's um he was his other most famous film was probably mutiny on the bounty uh he played I, again i'm referencing movies that i have not seen <laughs> but i, I believe have seen that one it has yes it. yes so there you go so he played i believe he was the uh the mr christian kind of that guy you know the guy mm. i'm talking about that's charles lawton but anyway he looked just know. like him he had that he had that big you know, chubby face with the pouty lip and stuff like that. That's uh, that's him. So there you go. There's a very quick celebrity, you know, uh, <laughs> obscure celebrity reference right there in this episode. Now, did you guys catch the? This was a reference that I would not have known about if it weren't for uh, Mystery Science Theater because they would sometimes reference this. Um, did you guys catch the reference to the "We'll paint any ceiling for twenty nine ninety five? No. Okay. Uh, Earl Scheib. Does this sound familiar to either one of you? Still not. Nothing. <laughs> Earl Scheib is it, it's a company. It, it, it I believe it's still around. Uh, Earl Scheib would be this. He would be this older guy. He'd come on TV and goes, "I'll paint any car for twenty nine ninety five, and then he go right like that, and that's why Yakko is going right <laughs> right there. So, uh, in fact, here's the clip of it right now with the kind of. To show the similarity of it. Remember free polyurethane this week only at Earl Shives. Right. I'll paint any car for just $99.95. Friends, we'll paint any ceiling for just $29.95. Right. How do we do it? No overhead. In fact, when we get through, you'll have nothing overhead. And if you hire us, you'll have nothing in your head. We paint ceilings, ceilings, and only ceilings. We don't paint floors because they're beneath us. Isn't that cool? I like that. <laughs> oh, as an FYI, um, Charles Lawton played William Bly in Mutiny on the Bounty. There we go. And I only bring that up because I had to look it up because some of you or listeners might be like, "No, no, he didn't play P- Fletcher Christian." So before you, before you, you know, ding us on iTunes. No, didn't he say? Didn't he say like, Mr. Christian or something? He, oh, he probably said it. That's yeah. what I again, and all I know is that is from Looney Tunes from when Bugs Bunny would. Uh, Go, Mr. Carter. It's been so long since I've only seen the movie like once. (laughs) Captain Blyde! Mr. Christian, look at you, disgrace to the Navy. This is mutiny, Mr. Christian. Mutiny, that is. Avast there, Mr. Christian. Batten down the hatches. Aye, aye, sir. Man the bowsprit, stow the mizzen mast, jive the jib boom, hoist the mainsail, and lower the tattersail. Look sharp, man. Pike the star 
Herbert Haxton Lever, Watts and Trim the Scuppers and the Port Poop Deck. <laughs> what a maroon. Yeah. So, but, you know, y'all learn something. Exactly. There is stuff. There's a lot of stuff to go in here. And and Kelly, you were mentioning like right at the beginning with the artwork. I like how I liked how they actually did show the actual pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, it obviously was easier for them to just, you know, copy and paste in the actual artwork than redoing it. But I kind of draw them out. Yeah, yeah but... I appreciated that they didn't just try to, you know, cartoonize. Uh, the artwork they actually did show the the artwork which you know did introduce the kids to some of that stuff which was cool and the ceiling looked amazing oh, oh yeah. yeah yeah and i love the i love the whole thing with the uh with the painting naked people like oh more naked people i wouldn't go flashing that around if i were you mike this is a church <laughs> And some other cool references as well. I love the, uh, you know, like when he, he's, they're kicking Michelangelo out of the, the Sistine Chapel or what happened mm. to the. <laughs> First, he throws himself out. Yes. Somehow. You fools, I'm the great Michelangelo. And this is the Sistine Chapel. Oh, yeah. If you're so great, what did you do with the other 15 chapels, huh? Got you there. Out. Out. How dare you? Huh? Well, that takes care of the competition. <laughs> Um, but when he comes back in and then they're doing like the Wizard of Oz. Oh yeah, that's uh, thing, great one. And he goes, <laughs> The witches, Michelangelo? Now that's a ceiling <laughs> of a different color. Nobody gets in to see the wizard, not nobody, not no how. But I'm Michelangelo. <clears throat> the witches, Michelangelo? Well, now that's a ceiling of a different color. One quick joke that I didn't quite know what happened. It was kind of a blink and you miss it kind of thing. When Michelangelo's out there looking at wallpaper designs, seeing which so, ones he likes the most, and then realizing, like, oh, and then realizing, design. yeah, actually, this is very good. Um, but then he hits the column when he gets upset, and mm-hmm. then the statue appears right there. I was like, "What statue is that?" Because yeah, they don't I mean, really call attention to it; they just move on. Um, and I had to, you know, just type in on Google statues by michelangelo <laughs> to find the one that was it and i believe that's the statue of moses actually right there so there you go hmm. so they, and it's just a quick little thing um and there's also some cole porter references in there because like uh yeah the lovely yeah say why don't you go paint that moaning lisa leonardo that's da vinci that's delightful that's the lovely but we've got a ceiling to paint oh another uh one last thing um with the with the oh he prefers the the young Elvis. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a reference right there to mid nineties culture because at the time Nathan, do you remember the the Elvis stamps at all? No, I didn't mail things back then in the nineties. <laughs> I I remember it. Yeah, I mean back then I remember it was on the news that who which Elvis would win? Would it be the young Elvis or the quote unquote fat Elvis? Um, and so, and that was the design, I believe, the, of what they painted up there on the wall was oh. the was the you know quote unquote fat Elvis. Uh, so there you go. So he prefers the the young Elvis was uh, the, a a joke, a reference to that. It wasn't an online vote. It was I don't know how they voted back then for the post office, uh, but yeah, there was a big it was a nationwide vote. It was a big it was a controversy. Uh, yeah, it was a big controversy to see who. Uh, which which Elvis would win the stamp vote? Well, that's it for my little trivia. My like quick references. There's a ton more. What what do you guys? What else things do you like about this segment? Uh, again, I just love how many jokes there are. Like it really is so many references. Like most of them, I didn't get necessarily because I'd be like, oh, that's some movie that, especially as a kid, the the Cole Porter things and. Oh yeah, I would not get that. I would not get that uh, back then in the nineties yeah. at all. So, I wouldn't get it now. Oh, you have you you haven't seen *The Lovely* but with Kevin Klein? No. Oh, you got to see that movie. <laughs> it's a really really good movie. It will, um, it will make you cry. Um, but it is it is a fantastic movie about Cole Porter. So there's another movie suggestion from Joey. Yeah, there is you go. to see *The Lovely* uh, with Kevin Klein. Almost anything with Kevin Klein in my book is pretty good. But anyway, yeah, he's great. Yeah, so this one has great balance with uh, just funny and uh, educational. You know, more funny than educational, I would think. But yeah, I just I just love Steven Spielberg. Yes, <laughs> uh, Nathan, have you been to the Sistine Chapel? I have. I have been there. 
What now? What are? What's your opinion? I mean, for both of you, I I personally have never been to the Sistine Chapel. It's big. It's it's. I just remember being like so amazed at mm-hmm. the size of it all. Because like, in this car, in the cartoon, it actually it feels smaller to me in this cartoon. I mean, I don't it know. It felt small to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, the the chapel itself it, it was much smaller than a lot of the churches I saw in Italy. Um, so it. In, in my opinion, it, it felt pretty small. I'm like, oh wow, mm-hmm. this this is it. And I just I thought it would be this huge, huge, massive, more like a cathedral like room, and it it didn't feel that immense. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least not the way I had pictured. And uh, you couldn't really talk in there. You were supposed to be quiet. It was a place for prayer. <laughs> And you! How can I work with all you peasants kneeling and mumbling? But Michelangelo, this is a church. But people were there talking and snapping photos with their selfie sticks, and the <laughs> um, uh, I don't know who it was that you know the guards or, or whomever they kept saying shh shh and taking people's cameras <laughs> away, and every five seconds shh. Shh. Oh my god! So I just sat there and looked up at the ceiling and was thinking about this episode. Yeah, I know, and it's really funny too when people take pictures of stuff that um, it's everywhere, yeah, like on a postcard. Or yeah. Something. yeah, it's like it's like I'd rather just look at it uh, with my own eyeballs and eyeball, uh, and then just get a, get the picture, a good crisp picture of it. Well, later. that's why I take my like, little travel Yoda anywhere I go. Yes. Um, I didn't take a photo of him in the Sistine Chapel because I follow the rules, unlike other people. <laughs> but um, I like to put him in shots that otherwise would be pretty much the same thing you'd see on Pinterest or anywhere else. Yeah. So Yoda in front of the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Yeah. That's a little different. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that's our travel tip for you today, too, by the way. <laughs> Bring a Yoda or uh, an Animaniac doll or something like that to, to make your photos a little more interesting. Yeah. In fact, please take your Animaniacs, whatever you've got, and take pictures and send them to us. Yeah, we want to see them. I would definitely want to see them. We've shown to all That was you. a great idea that we just came up with. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're starting the traveling... Uh, oh, yeah, because it'll be Yakko... Yeah, that'll be great. Yakko's World? Yeah, it'll be Yakko's yes! World. So if you have a Yakko doll, take a picture of him <laughs> at some place, no matter where that is, even if it's just your hometown, uh, take a picture of Yakko. Hey, you know In what? A cool place. Yeah, we'll even was... we'll even make it even easier. If you don't have a Yakko doll, because this is you know, 2016, uh, yeah, print up them. a picture of Yakko and cut him out. He can be flat Yakko, like flat Stanley, and just put yeah. him up and just take a picture of Yakko in front of something. It'll be Yakko's world, and then oh. you can share him to our Facebook page. Just post it on the page. And uh, that's facebook.com slash Animaniacast. And yeah, join the fun. So there you go. I'm going to do it. I'm going to find a picture of Yakko. No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to find something in Tucson to take a picture of Yakko standing in front of a saguaro or something like that. I'll do it for both of us, Nathan. Don't worry. Or maybe maybe I'll make you do it. Yeah. One One of us will do it. Yeah. One of us will do it. Or we'll both do it. (laughs) At the same time. And then, yeah. Okay. Excellent idea, Kelly. This is Maurice LaMarche, the voice of Squid the Pigeon from The Good Feathers and Animaniacs. And you're listening to the Animaniacast. Don't hit me, pesto! All right, so let's go ahead and move on to the second segment and the only other segment really of the show. And that is called The Good Feathers. The beginning. The Good Feathers, The Beginning. And this is written by Deanna Oliver and directed by Greg Reyna. Uh, Nathan, what can you tell us about this particular segment? This is the first Good Feathers episode, or segment, I should say. Uh, you know. and it's synonymous at this point. Yeah, you know. Um, basically, there's uh, a bird named Squit, which is voiced by Larisse... Maurice LaMarche, which we heard a moment ago, I believe. Yep. I loved it. <laughs> um, and he wants to be a good feather, which is a pun on good fellows. Good fellas, not fellows. I never saw it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he wants to be a good feather just like uh, Pesto and Bobby. 
Uh, Pesto is very angry all the time. Gets very uh, sensitive about anything you say, which is hilarious. Yeah. And uh, but before he can do it, uh, the Godfather, the, the God good Pigeon, God Pigeon of them all, Sully, I think his name is okay. Scully, Sully, Sully, Sully. Yeah. Um, he will agree to let him be a good feather if he can get food. And so there's a bagel in the middle of the street, and the whole episode is he's trying to get it. And actually, Bobby and Pesto help him, even though they did not want him to be a good feather. Which is, I like that they decide to actually help him out instead of just watching Squid keep failing. At least they're all failing together. Yeah, they come together at the end. They're yeah, friends. Exactly. <laughs> but that wait, actually, they they actually help him out pretty quickly, yeah, don't like they? Right away. He they're tries like, once, oh, try and then they're like, he needs help. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's really nice. Like, I, I would think that they, because they were so against him being a good yeah. father. Yeah. But at the end, of course, they, you know, through all the getting run over a bunch of different times, yeah, uh, it's the god pigeon who's able to just walk out into yeah. the middle of the street. Traffic stops. No one wants to offend him, and he eats the whole bagel. Right? Yep. <laughs> I love that voice. Maurice Lamarche did the god pigeon as yeah, well. Yeah, he does both voices. And so. I just think it's such a it's a it's. A, it's an interesting take on a Marlon Brando impression. Usually Marlon Brando impressions, you can actually understand a little bit of what they're saying. Like, let me tell you something. You know, I can hear like a little bit of yeah. actual English coming out. But this is just... It's just this complete mumbling, which is cool to hear. So there you go. So that's, And then, of course, Squid becomes... He becomes a good feather a at good, the end. A good feather. So there yeah. you go. They kiss his toes. And this then... was a two-segment, basically, right? Was this twice as long as... Yeah, like this one... Yeah, yeah. I was expecting... This one probably, honestly, I think this uh, good feather segment probably could have been cut down to one segment. Yeah. Like, it could have been edited. That's just my uh, personal opinion. I kind of liked it. It's not bad. Um, but I, I... I don't know. I don't... I don't... I didn't really like this segment that much. I, never... I thought it was decent for you know the setup of their yeah. um, they got their introduce... group dynamic and yeah, that's true. I, I I think it was just the the fact that the first segment of this with hooked on a ceiling was so fast paced and so verbally quick, like you... and so good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That you had to. I mean, I had to watch. Like I was catching jokes the second time through yeah, that i didn't hear the first time through and i was like oh my gosh that's funny and that then that um because they're going so quickly but um this one is pretty straightforward like you you, you they go they, yeah they're trying to get the bagel and they get like we'll run. try flying in now let's try walking in now let's try going under let's try walking again it's sort of an interesting contrast because hooked on a ceiling is so smart and so clever and full of you know, jokes that it'd be hard for any one person to get all of them, I would think, because they're, mm -hmm. they're so all over the place and it's got art and history and everything else. And then the, the Good Feathers episode or segment sort of, it's that old fashioned um, animation where it's the physical comedy primarily yeah. and they keep getting hit by the truck. And, you know, you can kind of take your, you let your brain rest a minute and just kind of enjoy it and, and watch it for basically just for laughs. Yeah. And I think it, it's kind of, it is a weird uh, concept because it is in many ways much more for the younger audience that might be watching the show. But at the same time, it, it's it. I think it's pretty brave for the the writers and the storytellers to be referencing an R rated gangster movie. Yeah, two of them. Well, it's also <laughs> it does Godfather yeah, Godfather as well. well good I, I think there was a tax uh, a taxi reference. Taxi driver, too, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, you you reference at the beginning too. Yeah. Hey, cool. I'm walking here. You're walking with me. Is that what you're doing? Are you walking with me? I don't see anybody else here. The uh, allusions to the to adult language are there as well. With pesto. Hey, ooh, you. Yeah, run, run, pussycat. I always loved. Yeah, I love pesto. pesto. That's that's the one thing I really do like. How he can always take the most like a homophone or you know like the uh, an alternate meaning to a word and yes. So instead of tough meaning strong, it's tough meat. And what do you mean by that? <laughs> what do you mean by that? Well, I said you're tough. That's all. You're saying I'm an overdone piece of meat. Is that what you're saying? 
What am I, a plate of dry steak butt meat here to amuse you? No, I didn't say that. I, I just said you're tough. I am tough? Yeah. I'm tough. <laughs> yeah, you're tough. That's it. Tough? I'll show you tough. <laughs> <laughs> or a swell. You're yeah. swell. Exactly, yeah. Like I have a big head? Pesto, you are one swell bird. What do you mean by that? Well, I, I said you're swell, that's all. You saying that I got a big head? Is that what you're saying? What am I, a bloated, puffy, round head here to amuse you? No, I didn't say that. I just, I said you're swell. I am swell? Yeah, you're swell. Swell? Yeah. That's it. Here's your swell. I got your swell right here. I show you swell. Uh, I remember always yelling at my friends, uh, you're like, that's it! <laughs> you know, just <laughs> chasing him. In the, in the, uh, that, that for me is always the highlight for the, the, the uh, Good Feathers episodes. Yeah, um, I used to fight with my brother and say that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I, I, I think one of the things I actually really liked about this episode, how it was the animation was actually kind of ambitious for, um, for, such a simple kind of setup, which is just kind of a game of Frogger, really. It's going across the street trying to get it. Mm -hmm. But when I really um, liked when they went into the subway and the camera kind of pans behind them and it goes into the darkness of the subway and the shadows and the light and everything, Mm. it, I don't think it completely pulled it off because it, it was, you know, it's pretty, it's still not incredibly high quality animation. Um, But I think it still looked really cool. I also really like the part where Bobby gets crushed uh, when he blows the, when he blows the whistle and he gets crushed by the wheel. And it's kind of like this. hear it too. It's so like, (laughs) it's like this slow crunching and he kind of gets slowly The most gruesome of the. (laughs) Not since Judge Doom in Roger Rabbit has a person got crushed. (laughs) So that was pretty cool. And also I, I noticed just a, a few other things. Um, rats with wings. I don't think, you know, being in Tucson, we don't have that many pigeons here. Mm-hmm. It's too hot for pigeons in most places. I mean, we still have them downtown yeah, and still and stuff. At the but, park. Yeah, but I, I wasn't, whenever I saw pigeons, I never thought of them as disgusting birds as a kid until I, really, I think probably seeing the good feathers. Like, wait, people hate pigeons? Oh! 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 That's an ongoing theme in the Good Feathers episodes that people freak out when they see the pigeons and they hit them and they they do all that calm rats with wings and yeah I never the, had a problem with it until Good Feathers I guess yeah. they would be and there's also a Simpsons episode where they were killing Bart had a a lizard that would eat pigeons oh yeah and then I think they called them rats with wings in that one too yeah. Yeah, you guys also notice that everyone in New York wants to go to the airport. It was like $14 anywhere. Is that what it was? <laughs> they, all, they all went to the airport. <laughs> like, get me out of this city. <laughs> no, exactly. It's like, so that's another thing I learned is no one wants to stay in New York. Um, <laughs> um, any other any other things about this episode? There's uh, two Warner Brother references, uh, cameos, I mean. The Warner they Brothers run through. through twice in this episode. Yeah, and even if you blink and miss them, you hear the music. So yeah, it's like it's like Jaws. You know, that it has its own <laughs> theme music to indicate what's going on. So even if you don't see them, you know they're there. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, it's a good intro, I think, to the Good Feathers. Uh, not the funniest segment, but I think it did a nice job of of just kind of talking, you know, introducing us to the characters and how things came to be, as the title yeah. says. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on this particular segment before we start to wrap things up? Mm-mm. I don't think so. All right. I, I just like <laughs> the god pigeon. He's hysterical. <laughs> yes. As we go to the end, we have the Wheel of Morality, which actually starts off a little differently. Usually it kind of starts where they they run in and then they squeal to a halt in front and they go, it's that time again. But in this case... Yeah, uh, Wacko was actually just he's confused. Like, yeah, he's having like an existential crisis. He did. Like, what is this all about? <laughs> exactly. Gee, Yakko, I'm confused. What else is new? No, I mean about today's show. What was the moral of the story? He did not know what the moral of today's show was. And of course, 
The moral of today's show was... Never ask what hot dogs are made of. Of course, it all makes perfect sense now. Thanks for clearing that up. Which makes sense. Yes. Pigeons. <laughs> oh, no. It's connected. <laughs> They're made of pigeons. They're made of pigeons. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but, um, Just don't ask and you won't know. <laughs> Do you eat hot dogs, Kelly? Sometimes. I see. I, don't, I like hot dogs. I Never, you know, what was it? Steve Martin said once... He goes, people always say, oh, don't eat hot dogs. They have really weird things in them. <laughs> but I don't mind that because I love animal lips. See? <laughs> so, um, okay, so then we have the chase ending uh, where the Warners go back into the tower with the ladder from Wacko's gag bag. And Ralph attempts to climb it. And then he goes back into the bag. Uh, and they just kind of shrug their shoulders and close the tower and... That's the Ralph's end of the episode. Lost forever. <laughs> Ralph is lost into the the bag. Who knows? He's gone bag into an infinity. Gone to another dimension. Uh never to be seen, never to be seen again. Uh, again, week. the animation on that closing segment, very cool. Very, you know, the those opening and closing segments of today's episode, very good, very classic. Uh, and then it all wraps up with a stinger with, you know, set another set another uh, set three extra places. Yes, set three extra places. We're coming home for dinner. Uh, and there we go. So, all in all, a very nice episode. I, I'll i go ahead and start with the water tower rating this time around, I think. Do it. Okay, here I go. I'm going to give this water... I'm going to give this particular episode three water towers out of five because I really like the first segment a lot. But the second segment, I hadn't seen it for a few years. And honestly... I could go a few more years without seeing, <laughs> seeing it again. again. It's it's cute, it's nice, but it doesn't have as much repeat value. And I, I just, if I were to give the first part an A plus, I would give the second segment a C, a, a good standard C. So I think it kind of averages to about a three star rating for me. Um, I'm going to go to Kelly last because I know what's coming up with Kelly. So, Nathan, <laughs> no, Nathan, what is your water tower rating? Um, I'm leaning towards a 4.5. 4. Wow. 5. I know. Well, I really did enjoy that first segment a lot. Um, thought it was very funny. And watching it again, I thought it was even funnier. So, just within this last week. just um, But then, yeah, that second part, I feel like it's a little long. But... Uh, the good, uh, the good feathers. I enjoy it. I I like the characters. Um, like between the three of them, I think Pesto's my favorite. At least he was my favorite as a kid. Although I'll 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 have to see how things go from this point on. Which character of those three I like the most? But um, I really enjoyed it still, and getting a couple more uh, references this time. Um, having seen like Taxi Driver. Yeah, I still haven't seen Goodfellas. No, I will have I to see. I will have to see. Have you seen Goodfellas, Kelly? No. See, it, well, I, I had it recorded at one point. Um, yeah, and I never got around to watching it. I would I'll only have, watch it just so I would get more references from Goodfellas. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much. It. That's exactly. That's you know, honestly, that's when it comes to a lot of references on this show. Uh, that's I'm gonna make a make a point of actually seeing this show because honestly, when I was a kid. Even if I wanted to, I wouldn't be allowed to watch yeah. Goodfellas. I was 12, 13 at the time, and Dad wouldn't let us watch anything R-rated. Yeah. Especially me. I mean, I had... Nathan's the youngest, and... Um, when I was 12, 13, I probably could watch R-rated movies. Yeah, because by the everyone time else everyone else was 18. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, at the time, I, I had the... You know, being the eldest brother... I I couldn't watch a lot of movies that all my friends talked about Alien and Predator and all those movies. I I still haven't seen a lot of movies just because my dad said nope, you can't watch it because you're little brothers. And he still says no. I know. I'm like, Dad, I really want to watch the Karate Kid. No. What? No, I still haven't seen the. I never saw the Karate Kid movies <gasps> either. I'm telling you, it was. That's not. That's like a PG. I saw it when I was. I had little brothers, and it was about fighting, and he didn't like it. Violence. Ninja Turtles was. I was in love with Ralph Macchio. I was barely able to watch. Well, I can't really blame him because even (laughs) watching the Ninja Turtles movie, like we did, kind of go crazy after watching Ninja Turtles. (laughs) We would be jumping around the place a lot. We all had to have a character. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my, that's my favorite Ninja Turtles movie, by the way, is Ninja Turtles 2. Anyway, um, but yeah, like, uh, anyway, yeah, Nathan was... Raphael. Raphael. The re- I was Michelangelo. My brother Clay was Leonardo. Nick was Donatello. And Nathan was Raphael. And and Nathan, yeah. Well, Nathan was Raphael because no No one one. else wanted to be Raphael. I was always the character. (laughs) So like in in The Good Feathers, we would also do that. I would be Squid. Really? Yeah. No one wanted to be him, I believe. I don't remember playing Good Feathers. I think it was just Clay and Nick. Okay. So Clay would be Bobby and Nick would be Pesto. Wow. I missed that kind of role-playing adventure. Okay. Well, it was just like, while we're watching the show, it'd just be like, you're Squid. (laughs) <laughs> okay that's cool all right so uh kelly we've waited yes. long enough what is your water tower rating well i i know we only have a maximum of five so i'll, I'll stay within the the parameters um established previously so i'll give it five but i'm giving all five to hooked on a ceiling okay <laughs> because i want it to have all the water towers because give, it's give it the ten best. and give the other one negative five because <laughs> i watching it for the first time and and you don't really know what to expect really and you you see et and elliot and like wow it's that's cool it's a spielberg reference and then it's like oh my gosh it's it's steven and then (laughs) you know he's just so excited and you know spielberg reference in a spielberg show and my my brain exploded yes so um yeah five five out of five i know yeah before you said you wanted to give it six out of five well, um, you know, I, I can't do math, but um, yeah, I'll 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 keep with my five. All right, well, awesome, a great episode, and looking forward to our next one as well. It's that time again. Time for more Twitter poll results. Listeners were asked, which of the following math slash science songs sung by Yakko is your favorite? Hashtag Animaniacs. Ten percent said. Multiplication. Twenty-two percent said the planets slash solar system song, but with a whopping, astounding sixty-eight percent, the winner is Yakko's Universe, making us feel all nice and delightful and yet insignificant at the same time. Well, there we are. Now we go to our commentators with their thoughts and feelings. No one asks me about mine. Goodbye. Those were our results right there. That guy sounded weird. I agree. I don't like that guy. Um, But Nathan, Kelly, uh, who did you guys vote for right here? Which of these three songs do you prefer the most and why? Oh, I like uh, Yakko's Universe. I've just always liked that one. And uh, it's catchy and fun. and, And I just love the animation. And it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Nathan? For me, it was a tough call between the Yakko's Universe and Multiplication. I went with Yakko's Universe. Okay. Um, I feel like you just learn more. They they tell you about distances between galaxies and the numbers of stars and moons. And I just, I feel like it's, I just, I, I feel like I learned something after listening to it. And it's catchy. And I'm going to vote for the planets of the solar system. Because Yakko forgets one very important planet. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, luckily, Wacko corrects him. So there you go. That's why that song, out of those three, is my favorite, at least today. It's a hard hard, uh, thing to decide. We have a brand new poll out there today uh, on our our Twitter Twitter page, Twitter feed, uh, which is a little question for, for you folks out there. How were you first introduced to the Animaniacs. How were you first introduced? There are many different ways, and I can only fit four options on there, so if these four don't match up with you, then just uh, send a little comment, I suppose, and we'll we'll talk about it. So the main ways we thought about were Fox Kids, so the original run on Fox after school. Uh, then, of course, uh, things moved over to Kids WB, and I believe the Animaniacs was only on on Saturdays, I believe, at that point. Well, it was also after school, but I think they usually ran new episodes on Saturday. I might be incorrect with that, but anyway. Um, but then it went into reruns. 
and it was shown on Cartoon Network. It was shown on Nickelodeon and probably just regular syndication. Uh, and of course, today there's the DVDs and there's Netflix. So just out of curiosity, we're just going to see how are you first introduced to the Animaniacs. Go ahead and head over to our Twitter uh, page and make your voice heard, and uh, we'll see the results. We'll talk about them next week. Before we uh, close up everything, let's talk about some listener feedback. Nathan, hit us with the feedback song. This is the feedback song. This is the feedback song. This is the feedback song, and we're going to hear it now. Yeah. Feedback, that is. So that was the feedback song. <laughs> Nathan took uh, how many days to write that song? Oh, I've been writing it well before we even decided to write, make the podcast. Oh, wow. I've been kind of working on it as Good job. his own personal thing. Under, oh, I love it. It was, it was awesome, Nathan. <laughs> so that's going to be in my head. Okay, so we have some listener feedback here from Twitter as well as the iTunes feedback. And I'm going to go right to our Twitter feedback, is, uh, first of all. We have Matt Duran, who is skeptic83, skeptic underscore 83. Uh, there were 82 other skeptics out there. Oh, makes sense. He was the 83rd. And I don't know he, if I believe that. He, no. <laughs> uh, he said, I've been, I've, I think you meant to say I've been looking. So I'm going to put it in there for him. I've been <laughs> looking for someone to start an Animaniacs podcast, and it looks like my prayers have been answered. And he follows up by saying, just listened to your first episode today and loved it. Looking forward to more episodes. So Aww. thank you very much from skeptic underscore 83. Uh, oh, he also said that he's glad at least one of us is around his age because or a bit younger since almost every podcast is dominated by Gen Xers. So there you go. Mm. He's glad that you're you're younger than me and Kelly, Nathan. So, oh, that's me. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, you're boy. And we also have a, a very nice comment here from Louise the Sim, uh, who is Louise Isabel. And Louise says, got introduced to Animaniacast today, and I'm instantly hooked. Oh. And she she put a little heart smiley eyed emoji right there. Oh, we got a heart emoji! Yay! And she says, "If you're an Animaniacs fan like me, go and follow them." So thank you very much, Louise. That's awesome and sweet. We had a question out there on Twitter, which was, and I get this quite a bit on Facebook as well, which is, "Do you think they'll bring back the Animaniacs? Do you think they'll reboot the Animaniacs?" Um, obviously. I'm sure you guys are with me with this. We'd love for them to reboot the series as long as, I mean, we want to make sure that the original writers are there. Yeah, I would want it done well. Like, yeah. I don't want, I don't know. It would have to, I don't want them to do another Powerpuff Girls mistake, which is we need to get the original creators behind it yeah, and the exactly. original voices. Uh, otherwise, it's just not going to be the same. Yeah. Um, But I, I don't know. I, I honestly think... I, I kind of get the vibe. Maybe it's just because I, I'm always checking Twitter and mm -hmm. looking for the word Animaniacs, but I'm like, everyone's talking about it. Oh, wait, that's just because I'm constantly <laughs> searching. Are saying, hashtag Animaniacs. <laughs> did, everyone on Twitter is. Everyone's talking about it. Um, but I don't know. I honestly, I think there might be a chance it could get. Uh, I mean, I think there's a place for it, definitely. Um, whether or not it does get rebooted, that's a something i just don't know i mean it's hard it's a hard it's dependent on a lot of different variables the um, fandom's there for sure yes and i think now that they're reintroducing it on uh i mean it was out on dvd for a while now but i mean you have to pay 30 dollars a box set for those versus now where it's just on netflix yeah and kids are just finding it it's on if you go to the kids version of netflix it's one of the top cartoons oh, that shows awesome. up right there. It's Yakko right at the top. So I'm sure there's a lot of kids out there that are just, you know, free surfing Netflix, you know, by themselves. The parent gives them a controller, says, okay, watch TV. I'm out of here. <laughs> but they're probably rediscovering the Animaniacs right there. Um, I I think it would be awesome for Netflix, you know, to to pick it up perhaps, at least for, I don't know, just 
at least 13 episodes yeah, or do something. Yeah, like a season, basically. Yeah. I don't know. So, I don't know. The, the, so, for those people who are, you know, messaging, saying, do we think it'll come out on... Uh, I think it would be awesome if they would. I have not heard anything um, news-wise about it coming out, though. So, we'll just keep yeah. our ears to the ground. And if we hear any news or any possibility of it... Uh, coming out then we'll let you know maurice lamars actually had a really cool question on the the panel from phoenix comic-con check the feed it's on there the maurice lamars panel somebody asked him what would he like to see if pinky and the brain were made into a movie and he had an awesome idea which was basically make it computer animated like really good computer animation so it's like you know people so it could be live action with computer animated pinky and the brain right there Start the movie off with two white mice, real mice. Oh, cool. And then put them through the x-ray machine or whatever. And then they come out as animated, you know, mice. And of course he said he would expect them to do the actual, (laughs) he would want to provide the voice along with Rob Paulson. It would have to be the original voices as well. Okay. Well, our last uh, thing, speaking of uh, feedback, is... We're going to do a contest. Nathan, hit us with our contest song. Contest song. Is that the Haunted Mansion song? No. Is that like a... Let's try that again because that sounded scary. Nathan, let's... Is this that not was, a scary thing? No, no. That was the B-side of the... <laughs> Kelly's. Okay, I thought this was supposed to be a scary contest. No, it's not a scary contest. Okay. Okay, this is a contest. It's a happy contest. Fine. All right, contest song. This is the contest song. This is the contest song. This is the contest song for all you people listening. Okay. Which one was worse? You tell me. I'm dying. <laughs> Okay, well, that's our contest music. Our contest is uh, we are going to enter people in for a drawing, a raffle. It'll start now, and it will end when we have enough people (laughs) to enter. (laughs) It's dependent on you folks out there. Um, If you uh, leave us some positive reviews on iTunes, which isn't that hard to do because Nathan and I figured out a way to do it. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it's hard to not give us a positive because we're so great. I know, seriously. Uh, all you have to do is go to iTunes and then uh, sign in and then, uh, yeah, leave a review. So far, the the uh, person that has entered <laughs> officially, because mm-hmm. Nathan and I can't win, oh. is Tim. And let me explain real quick before I read Tim's review. Uh, this is what the prize package is. It's an assortment of... Of Animaniacs vinyl decals. Ooh. You mean it's not a one-way or a trip for one to the Rock of Gibraltar? No. <laughs> not not this time. It'll it'll be the vinyl decals of Yakko, Wacko, Dot, and Pinky and the Brain. You'll get five, count them, five different vinyl decals that you can put on a mirror, a window, a car, or any kind of smooth surface that you can think of. They measure a about, let's see, Pinky and the Brain are about six inches in diameter, and uh, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot put together with with red noses, I might add, um, measure approximately, I think it's four inches by seven or so inches, so that's pretty, it's pretty big. Yeah. Uh, it's they, they look really cool, and uh, you can take them off and t- stick them on another thing and then take them off and then you can't oh you can't no okay. these are these are these are decals that you just put them on and you go all right and then so don't if, move it don't move it you have to know what you're be happy with it because okay. you take it off it's it's not going back up there <laughs> but you can put them on your computer you can put them on your car you can oh that's great yeah, you can put them on your back of your laptop it's, it'll look cool and you can show everybody that you're a fan of the animaniacs so once again in order to get this prize you simply go to itunes leave a positive review, and then you will be in the running for it. So Tim's review reads as follows. He says, The Perfect Animaniacs Podcast. I've always been a big fan of Animaniacs since I was a kid, so it's great to finally have a fun, insightful podcast about it. Love how it will cover every episode of the series, and if the first episode is any indication, there will be great insight on the series that I never knew about. Looking forward to hearing more. 
So thank you very much to Tim. Uh, don't forget to go to twitter.com slash Animaniacast and follow us on Twitter. Go to facebook.com slash Animaniacast and like us on Facebook and subscribe on whatever podcatcher thingamabob that you listen to. On the interwebs. On the interwebs. So uh, for the Animaniacast, I'm Joey. I'm Nathan. I'm Kelly. And we're all going to say... Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacs unless otherwise indicated. I like it! Let's I think let's go ahead. Oh, let me actually before we start Kelly, I want to sh- I want to um play for you mm-hmm. the um the thing here from uh, uh Maurice Lamarche because he's going to be um doing the it will have him as the intro. Yeah. For Hooked on a Ceiling and for the Good Feathers one today. We'll have to, <laughs> at the beginning of each one. So Cool. Let's see. I'll just skip to the end when we were talking to him. Yeah, that's me talking about that's Orson Welles. This is the last one. Yeah. This is Maurice Lamarche, the voice of the brain, and you are listening to the Animaniacast. This is Maurice Lamarche, the voice of Squid the Pigeon from the Good Feathers and Animaniacs, and you're listening to the Animaniacast. Don't hit me, pesto. <laughs> and the, and the and the last one right here is okay. is hooked on a ceiling, and oh my God. this is where my friend Jason decided to call. Oh, yep. Right, like right at the end. It. I wanted to like. Go to him later. Nathan knew how upset I was afterwards. Well, it I was, was embarrassing. It was so was like, embarrassing because like, he. Number one, we 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 just wanted like one quick like. I thought if he just did the brain, like, hey, here's the brain. There you go. Mm-hmm. Give me my money. Bye. <laughs> but he gave us three, and then oh, for wow. the third one, my my friend Jason called me to ask me where I was, basically, even though uh, I told him where told I was we in line. line. And we'll call you when we're done. <laughs> but he called uh, right in the middle of this. And then I was like, okay, I'm sorry. I like hung up on him immediately. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. Can you do that last one one more time? And he did. And he did. Oh, he's <laughs> and he did. And he did it. And we were like, oh gosh, I don't know if the first take or the second take was better, but actually when you listen to both of them in a row, mm-hmm. it's like, they actually sound identical. Identical, yeah. yeah. Which you're like, wow, he really is a professional. He's able to hit those same things really well. Uh, so here, listen to this. This is Michelangelo from Hooked on a Ceiling, the best episode of Animaniacs. <laughs> His eminence is almost here. Oh my god! Last one, the, the Hooked on a Ceiling. I just now got. This is Michelangelo from the best episode of Animaniacs, Hooked on a Ceiling. His eminence is coming, so you'd better listen to the Animaniacast. Oh, my God. Yeah. Does does he think it's the best episode, or did you tell him it was the best? He just said it like that. He just said it's the best episode. It is the best episode. (laughs) But that's not it, because not only that, but... um, Jess Harnell, actually, <laughs> we were in line. Did I tell you that Jess Harnell left a, a message on Nathan's phone? Yeah, I left my phone there and <laughs> listened to this because we were like we were in line to see Maurice Lamarche, and Nathan was like, "I think I left my phone and yeah, I think in, I left it on the table over on there. the table over there because we showed him the artwork and he's like, "Wow, you're me, Nathan. That's really cool. You know, he was he liked that. But then I was like, "Okay, hang on, let me call you." And Nathan was touching his pockets. He's like, "Yeah, I definitely don't have it." And as I'm walking over there, Jess Harnell has Nathan's phone in his hand, and he goes, "Yeah, who is this?" <laughs> I'm like, "This is," I'm like, "This is Joey." Joey, I got your phone, man. <laughs> and then I'm like, "Okay, thanks." He goes, "Yeah, I left you a voice message, man. Have a good day." Oh my gosh! 
And then we go back and um, <laughs> Nathan and Nathan's like, okay, let's listen to what he put. And Nathan <laughs> immediately presses the record button. I'm like, I do not want to. No. <laughs> and so I, I stopped him, luckily, like right at the beginning of it. So at the beginning of this memo, you'll hear me going, doop, doop, doop. <laughs> Because you're recording on top of the message, you dummy. Uh, but this is really funny. So let's see. And I found your cell phone when we were dancing at the club. And you left it here. And I figured you might need it. And I just want to tell you that you're a handsome man. And I love you. And I miss you. And I hope you call me again soon because you're the best dancer I've ever met. Dude, it's Jess Rano. You left your phone in my booth. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> so Nice. That's a way to get free. Are you going to uh, share these? Yeah, I'll have to share these. I, yeah, in fact, I might just. In fact, I'll probably just use the the audio that we have right there and just kind of reincorporate it. So. <laughs> 